Our verses today are going to be from the 138th Psalm, verses 1 through 3. I will praise thee with my whole heart, even before the gods will I praise thee. I will worship toward thine holy temple and praise thy name because of thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy name above all things by thy word. When I called, then thou heardest me and hast increased strength in my soul. If you bow your heads and pray with me. Now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations deep within all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. It only takes a small thing in life to see the condition of the hearts of those around us, where they stand with God, where they are in their relationship to Christ. Some may be Christians, while others are not. The reactions to life will be the dividing line. Do you trust God, or is God just a crutch to get you by in the hard times, if you even believe at all? The very act of living a life brings toil, heartache, joy, and praise, affecting our minds and our way of looking at life. Sometimes all these will happen with one person like a revolving door. At other times, there is but a singular aspect, a singular mindset that will dominate all the others. Here in life, our own mindset will steer our lives and our fate. Our own mindsets can even form our God and our Jesus. The mindset of one who is in the constant victim mentality will see a God who is always doing them wrong. I ask for this, but I receive this. Why does God hate me so much? Or perhaps one who has a woe is me mindset will see others prosper or others get the things they so desperately wanted, but they failed to work for them and failed to see why the Lord had them going in a different direction. Going in a different direction to different results that were more God honoring and God glorifying. They didn't know enough about the God of the Bible to be able to see the Lord working, guiding, and protecting them. And I have been in many situations where this is the case. I desperately wanted a million different things in life, but the Lord said no. He knew what would become of me if He were uh, to allow such a thing to happen. And I had to deal with it. And I'm sure the rest of you have had great hopes and dreams as well that went by the wayside as the Lord denied your requests. But there in the secret, in the quiet place, where God has your full and undivided attention, He showed you why your hopes and dreams were dashed. Maybe God knew that even there in the place of prayer and communion with Him, you wouldn't listen. I myself have been guilty of this many times. Some, like my dear wife, would call it me being stubborn. At times, my mind is so focused on one thing that I cannot see, and I won't see, and I won't listen. In these situations, the Lord lets time be the great teacher, 
And in time, I see why the things in life I wanted, the things in life that I craved, were denied me by a sovereign God. Whether it be a promotion at work that would have been negatively fed my flesh the desire for worldly success, or if it was a desire for something new that, had I been able to purchase it, would have caused me financial harm or undue stress to find the funds necessary to purchase it, taking me away from study and reading of scripture, away from prayer, to pray to pay for something I really didn't even need to begin with. Some people have the mindset that their God wants them to be happy. They drown themselves in alcohol, lusting after the opposite sex, being greedy for financial prosperity. Jesus wants me to be happy, they'll say. God wants me to have the things that bring me joy. I like my lifestyle. I like what I'm doing. I like my, as you say, sin. I like who I am. And I say, but doesn't your Bible say, doesn't your Bible tell you about sin? And they say, doesn't your Bible say don't judge? Because mine does. And I say, but the Bible says that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor those habitually drunk, nor verbal abusers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. This is you. Your actions are unrighteous. And to that they say, don't judge me. But your God, your Jesus, is not the one that's in the Bible. It's a God you made in your own image. Don't judge me, they say. And this is how our mindset can not only give us hope in a false Christ, but lead us astray from the true God. King David wrote in the 138th Psalm that we started out reading, I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. David knew God. He was a man after God's own heart. David sinned and then paid the price for his sin. David, in life, lived in the presence of the Lord. David gained many things, but he also lost many things. His mindset was one where he praised God. He thanked God with his whole heart. In the deepest of valleys and on the highest of mountains, David gave thanks to God with all of his heart. It wasn't a half-hearted effort on a Sunday morning, a barely audible clap as someone who had cancer but is now in remission announces this to the congregation. It isn't a, oh wow, that's great, Bruce. Glad you got that job you needed. Uh, who bought the uh, green bean casserole over there? As you peruse the potluck, walking away from someone without a care who just had their life changed by the power of God. Perhaps you're showing pictures of a car accident and respond with, yep, you were lucky, or could have been worse, giving no credit to God for the miracle that happened or the lives that were preserved. A few Mondays ago, the plans were being worked out. The study was being put in. The words had begun to be written upon the paper. The sermon for this week was started. It was going to be on the five signs that you are redeemed. 
the sermon you were going to hear today was on its way to being complete. And then, the accident. It wasn't clearly evident in the tangled, twisted metal of a once nice Jeep, nor was it obvious in the days following as my slightly concussed mind tried to make sense of it all. It was as if this vehicle that was digging and plowing straight for me, destined to destroy me, was throwing sideways at the last minute. In the ensuing aftermath, things moved so quickly. The entire scene was cleaned up in less than an hour. There, where lives had been changed, was left little more than a few dirt clods and a broken branch. It was as if nothing had happened. The spot where the proverbial waters had been stirred was again smoothed over, and life was back to normal for most, but not all. We were left with nothing but memories, pictures, and headaches. The week following dragged on as our heads and our bodies began to heal from the trauma. Then we had to go collect our personal belongings from the Jeep. It was here that we were able to see the damage that was done, the damage that stopped inches away from where I sat. It was a very sobering sight. To think that if things had played out any different, the results may have been fatal. A couple miles per hour faster, a couple more inches to the right. The thoughts will haunt you if you allow them. There, in the battlefield of my thoughts, were the what-if questions. What if, what if, what if. The accident has been relived in both of our thoughts and minds. What had happened exactly? What was that flash of white I seen in the side mirror impact? Here in the trenches of life, we could have went into full victim mentality. We could have went into a woe is me frame of mind. Why here, God? Why now? Instead, we chose to praise God with all of our hearts. We praised him that we walked away. We praised him that the other gentleman walked away. We praised him for the many miracles that followed. We could have been upset. We could have been woe is me. We could have been mad that it all happened, but we knew and know that it happened for a reason. What will come out of this accident? We may see at some point. It may be when we get to heaven and the Lord showed us what was going on and why it all, why it all happened. It could be anything. Maybe the man who hit us was not a born-again believer. Maybe something in that accident caused him to look to the heavens for answers. Maybe the attack that day was on him. Had he not hit us, he faced a steep hill with trees and a creek at the bottom, then a curve and cement barriers for the highway overpass. He lived to perhaps see the mercy of God. Could the same be said if we weren't there to stop him? In our aftermath, we sought answers and told others of what happened. The Christians seen the workings of God and the miracles it truly was. The others spoke of luck, fate, wasn't our time, you're fortunate, and how we somehow shouldn't even be mentioning it as it could have been worse. <laughs> Why, yes, Billy, it could have been worse, but it wasn't. Praise God we walked away. Amen? Amen. And with that, we were able to thank God before the unsaved. 
and praise Him before those to whom the name of God and the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, is nothing more than a cuss word and a source of disdain from which to pontificate their worldly views. There, due to an unfortunate turn of events, we were able to express our thankfulness to our God for this miracle in front of and to those who may have never given it a second thought. Those who worship at the altar of self and the other false gods and religions that dominate their mindset. It reminded me of when Elijah stood before King Ahab in the book of 1 Kings. And Ahab accused Elijah of bringing trouble to Israel. Not only did Elijah give account of his faith, he proved to King Ahab that the God of the Bible, his God, the God of Israel, was God. That day, Elijah proved beyond a shadow of a doubt the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was the only living and true God. Scripture recounts the events in 1 Kings 18. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is this you, the cause of disaster to Israel? He said, I have not brought disaster to Israel, but you and your father's house have, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and you have followed the balls. Now then, send orders and gather to me all Israel at Mount Carmel, together with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent orders among all the sons of Israel and brought the prophets together at Mount Carmel. Then Elijah approached all the people and said, How long are you going to struggle with these two choices? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him so much as a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left as a prophet of the Lord, while Baal's prophets are 450 men. Now have them give us two oxen, and have them choose the one ox for themselves and cut it up and place it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other ox and lay it on the wood, and I will not put a fire under it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people replied, that is a good idea. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose the one ox for yourselves and prepare it first, since there are many of you, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under the ox. Then they took the ox which was given them, and they prepared it. And they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped about the altar which they had made. And at noon Elijah ridiculed them and said, Call out with a loud voice, since he is God. Undoubtedly he's attending to business, or is on the way, or is on a journey. Perhaps he's asleep and will awaken. So they cried out with a loud voice and cut themselves according to their custom with swords and lances until blood gushed out of them. When midday was past, they raved until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice. No one answered, and no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come forward to me. So all the people came forward to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Then Elijah took twelve stones, corresponding to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. 
And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two measures of seed. Then he laid out the wood, and he cut the ox in pieces and placed it on the wood. And he said, Fill four large jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. So they did it a second time. Then he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. The water flowed around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. Then at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet approached and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that this people may know that you, Lord, are God, and that you have turned their heart back. Now listen to the Lord's response. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Then Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. Where does your mindset and your faith in God find you today? Do you resort to a woe is me attitude when things don't go your way? Do you immediately take on the role of victim, feeling sorry for yourself? And maybe even blaming God for the supposed misfortune? Are you upset that your happiness has been disturbed? Or do you praise God in all situations? Do you praise Him for the no answers as well as the yes answers? Do you praise Him half-heartedly like an ungrateful and spoiled child? Or do you stand tall like a child of the Most High and praise God wholeheartedly in all situations? Wholeheartedly, even if it comes down to standing before a group of people, worshipers of a false god or even no god that outnumber you by 450 times, face to face with those who say no it wasn't your God it was luck no it wasn't your God it was karma no it wasn't your God it was just life do you praise God for the sunshine as well as the storms of life do you praise him before saints and sinners praise him in the closet of prayer and praise him in the den of vipers does not the God who hung each star, who created the earth and man, deserve our praise and thanks for all he has done, even if for a vapor our lives may be inconvenienced or troubled, if our health may be declining but for a season? God so loved his children that he sent his only begotten Son. For this alone all praise should be given, but he, but God did not stop there. In each one of us, God set forth a purpose to our lives. To help, to comfort, to evangelize, to administer to, to be a friend of those that God would have us involved with. And He didn't send us on these missions alone. He sent us with truth. The Holy Ghost to lead us to Christ. The Bible to give us knowledge of God and of Jesus and help us on our journey. The love of God flowing from us as we are ingrained with the truth and the love of Jesus Christ to minister to this lost and dying world. What is there 
not to praise in this plan. So you didn't get the job you wanted. God has a plan. Praise Him. You didn't get the girl of your dreams that you lusted for. God has a plan. Praise Him. You can't get drunk daily and have to fight the demons until at last victory is found. God has a plan. Praise Him. On a back road in the middle of nowhere, you come within inches of being killed, but you weren't because God had a plan and He is praised. When we understand God is in control, we just need to sit back and follow His guidance. And there is peace to be found in this. In many instances like the ones listed and others around the world, God's name has been magnified above all things by His word and actions. The Bible gives us a deep and intimate revelation of the God we worship. It shows us exactly how God has chosen to interact with us. We come to love God because He first loved us and delivered unto us His truth, His Word, and His Son. The more we read, the more we pray, the more we get to know God, the more our mindset and our outlook on life will change. No longer will life be about us getting what we desire, what will make us happy, what will make our soul content. Life will be about bringing glory to God and seeing Him in all things. Seeing Him in the beauty of a sunrise in the woods or on the beach, in the flowers through the window of your prayer closet, in the singing of a bird, in the purr of a cat, the loving lick of a puppy, the smile of a stranger, the morning kiss of your spouse who has stood beside you through thick and thin for decades, in the cooing of a newborn baby whose eyes have yet to see even a sliver of the wonders of God's creation the mischievous smile of a toddler about ready to do the very thing mom just said not to, in the smell of a fresh-cut cedar board or the waft of scent from the leather cover of your Bible that when smelled triggers your brain to the Word of God and His greatness, in the sound of an old tractor that makes you reminisce about those God brought before you that influenced your life, to the twisted mangled remains of a vehicle where God proved your life that you seek so desperately to hold on to is indeed in His hands. In all things, God is to be praised. And the more you praise Him, the longer the list gets of those times and moments you can look back on and see the Lord working in life. The prayers answered that met a need at the time, but also made a way for the Lord to be glorified before others. In those places where God has worked, you are giving Him praise. And the naysayers, the ungodly, the yet to be saved come. There you can praise God for all He has done. The trials and tribulations He has brought you through. The greatest moments of life that you know God was present for. Before these people and the gods they hold so dear, you can praise your God wholeheartedly and call upon His name like Elijah did with full confidence that He will answer you as He has in the past. His answers giving strength not only to your faith, but also to your soul. The psalmist wrote in several psalms, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is, my, is the defense of my life. Whom should I dread? When evildoers come upon me to devour my flesh, 
my adversaries and my enemies, they stumble and fell. If an army encamps against me, my heart will not fear. If war arises against me, in spite of this, I am confident. One thing have I asked from the Lord that I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. For on the day of trouble, He will conceal me in His tabernacle. He will hide me in the secret place of His tent. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing the praises of the Lord. As for God, his way is blameless. The Lord, the way the word of the Lord is refined. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The God who encircles me with strength and makes my way blameless. He makes my feet like deer's feet, and he sets me up on my high places. He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand upholds me, and your gentleness makes me great. You enlarge my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart triumphs, and with my song I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength, and he is a refuge of salvation to his anointed. The Lord is worthy to be praised with all your heart. In all places. The Lord is worthy to be praised in your prayer closets, before family and friends, in front of worshipers of other gods, even before those who seek to take your life and destroy the testimony of what God has done that flows from your lips. The Lord is worthy to be praised because He loves us and sent His Word to guide us and help us to know Him better. The Lord is worthy to be praised for when we cried out to Him in the good times and the bad, the times of despair and the times of great joy, when we were completely immersed in the Holy Spirit and when God felt like He was a million miles from us, He heard us. He heard our prayers. He heard our praises. And instead of ignoring us or never responding back through all the trials, tribulations, joy, and blessings, God strengthened our souls for the days ahead. Today, meditate on the events of life God has brought you through or is bringing you through. Try to see the way God is working in the situation, in all situations, and praise Him wholeheartedly so he can strengthen your soul and bring you peace. Please, Lord, give strength to us, your people, and bless your people with peace. Help us to praise you more. Help us to give our hearts fully to your love and your word. Hear us, O Lord, and strengthen our souls so we can be witnesses of you unto this generation. And in the case of several who were known and loved by this body, be witnesses of you for generations to come. Amen.